Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Luke 1. Just kidding. All right, Luke chapter 1. Like, oh my gosh, how irreverent is that? I can't believe he's making the sound of Darth Vader. He's a symbol of evil. I can't believe he's doing that right now. Well, hold on. I'm going to do a whole lot more. Luke chapter 1. Going to help you out tonight. If you're offended, be healed, right? Okay. I don't want you. I, I, don't, I don't see it as irreverent. I'm just, it's okay to have fun. That's all. And sometimes fun can be irreverent, and we certainly don't want to do that. God's Word, Luke 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Let's all say that. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, verse 36, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now her sixth month, for who was called barren. For with God, verse 37, for with God... Nothing will be impossible. I want you to say that. For with God, nothing will be impossible. The final verse for tonight, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Thank you that tonight you're going to remove some delusion and distortion. Thank you that tonight you're going to release power upon each and every one of us. God, it is your will and it is our desire to walk in favor. So God, do something tonight through the simple principles of this text that only you can do. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit right now, come on, pray in the Spirit. We'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you, and uh, they are beginning to pass that out. I am in a series uh, called Special Christmas Series. That's what we're calling it, the Special Christmas Series. I think this morning I said I'm to have seven different messages on, uh, for the holiday, for Christmas season. That's uh, not true. It's actually six. Seven sounds better because it's the number of completion, but it's just six messages that I'm, that I'm going to move through this morning uh, being one of the very first ones. And uh, we do have notes also upstairs. We want to be sure that upstairs care service, for those of you that want to social distance, uh, those that possibly might be immune compromised or uh, in need of that, desiring to wear a mask and be social distance, we welcome you. We're so glad you're with us upstairs in a separate room. Thank you, Minister David, if you'd be sure that they all have notes up there. We give you notes so that you would go deep down into your heart and that you would learn it. They've found that if you take notes, that actually you retain a significant more percentage than you would if you didn't. Mary, well, I think I'll start with this text. I, we have uh, my, my brother on the front row, Chris. I love you so much. 
You remember Aunt Jerry? Well, we, we, were, we, were, we were Catholics. Aunt, Aunt Jerry was your godmother. We were raised Catholics for a, for a season. And, um, you know, did the first communion. Were you confirmed too? You were confirmed. John is confirmed. They didn't confirm me. They're like, no, they're not, that ain't going to work for him. <laughs> it all fell apart by the time it came around for me to be confirmed. How many of you come from a Catholic background? All right, so for those of you that don't, you, you won't, might not make, connect the dots here, but it's going to help. So I remember years ago, I had gotten born again, and I went to visit Dad, 16 Skyline Drive, and, uh, and they were there and visiting, and I, I don't know where we were going. I got in the car with Aunt Jerry, and I started witnessing to her about Jesus, because he had done some, I mean, he's just saved me, you know, and uh, you would know that probably more than just about anybody here. He delivered me big time. Yeah, so I'm riding with Aunt Jerry in the car. And talking to her about the Lord and what he's done for me. And she starts telling me about Mary. So I knew a little bit about Mariology's Catholic dogma, doctrine. And so I started arguing back, well, it's not about Mary. It's about Jesus. You know, Mary can't save you from your sins, only Jesus can. And I, I parroted, you know what to parrot is? I echoed what I had learned in other places and and she sat there, as I recall, and she said, hmm. It was quiet. I thought, yes. And she says, well, you must admit, at least, that there's something special about Mary. And I went, okay, I'll, I'll agree. There is something special about Mary. Mary should be honored. All people should be honored, really, because we're all made in God's image. Something about Mary is very significant. And I'm going to take this text. I'm going to destroy Catholic theology just because I want to. And then going to move into how to live in God's favor because God wants you to live in favor. I preached a message a while back called Walking in the Fog. Walking in the favor of God. Living in the favor of God. And I first heard some of these, these, this message here from Dr. Morocco, I think back in 2005 or earlier. Profound passage of scripture. Mary should be honored. Fill your notes in. Mary should be honored. You say, well, well, why should she be honored? Well, she's a human being. All human beings should be honored, number one. Number two, she gave birth to Jesus. <laughs> All women who give birth should be honored. Come on, all the ladies said, amen. But she gave birth to the Messiah. Now, that's a very special honor that only one woman in all of time would do. She was chosen by God, which we'll talk about. She gave birth to Christ. By that, it's the greatest thing that basically any human being has done, to birth forth Jesus. And so she should be honored in that way, certainly. Luke 1 and 28 Greetings, highly favored one. Luke 1 and 42. Now, we didn't read that, but Luke 1 and 42 says, Then she spoke out in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is Elizabeth, her cousin. So Mary should be honored. But there's been a distortion. There's a distortion in what Catholics call Mariology. Thank you. The worship of Mary, and it's been twisted, and it's been turned, and it's a distortion of Luke one twenty eight. And what they did is they took, look at, look at Luke, I'm going to teach you for a minute. I, I will not be able to help myself but by preaching by the end, but I'm going to teach you for now. Look at Luke one twenty eight. Are you there? Say Ben. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. What they did is that they took that, took that and changed it to say, Hail Mary, full of grace. How many of you ever heard that before? Hail Mary, full of grace. That is not what that says. They said, well, doesn't it mean the same thing? No, it's, it's very different. What's the difference? The text says that she's a receiver of God's grace and God's favor, and Hail Mary full of grace means that she has it and she dispenses it. It's very, very, very different. Very different indeed. Come on, somebody say it's very different. 
She's been called the, the Mediatrix. That's M-E-D-I-A-T-R-I-X. Let me read this to you. It's off of the website, Catholic website. In Catholic Mariology, the title Mediatric refers to the intercessory role of the Blessed Virgin Mary as a mediator of salvation, redemption by her son Jesus Christ that he bestows grace through her. It's a total farce. You will not find anything in all of Scripture that, that says that. But what they've done, and I'm not down on the Catholics, thank God for St. Jerome. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be holding the Word of God in your hand. So I'm not down on them per se. I'm just down on false religion and bad doctrine, of which they have much. It's an ancient title, Mediatrix, used by many saints since then. It started, I think, in 5th BC, 5th century, pardon me. It's a false understanding that, she, that, that Mary is actually the mediator because she birthed Jesus, that she's a mediator between God and man. And it's not even in Scripture. And there's a lot of problems with that. One, it demeans the finished work of the cross because Jesus is the only mediator. There is no other name given among men by which you must be saved. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. He's, he sits at the right hand of majesty, ever living to make intercession. for. He's praying for us right now. He's praying right now that these words leaving these lips of clay right now would burn in your heart and to help you so that you would walk in favor. Not walk cursed, not walk jacked up, but walk in the favor of God. Living in the favor. Come on, somebody say, God wants me to live in the favor of God. Ready, set, go. God wants me to live in the favor of God. So it demeans what Jesus has done. It, it demeans us. It demeans us as born-again believers because you don't, need a, you don't need a priest, you are one. And it says that you have to talk to Mary to talk to Jesus or whatever, and she's gonna just, I mean, it's so confusing, and it's completely unbiblical. Listen, if you come across theological uh, revelation that's contrary to your Bible, flush it down the toilet, the spiritual flusher. We pray in no other name. You don't pray in the name of Mary. You don't say, Hail Mary. You say, Hail Jesus, you're my king. All the people in the 80s start getting excited. Yes! Your life brings me to sing. I will praise you all my days. You're perfect in all your ways. Oh song just goes off it's just a it's an anthem just want to charge hell with a water pistol filled with the blood mary as the mother of god this is a fourth century term and an actual fact it was used originally to emphasize that jesus is god which is a beautiful emphasis but it got twisted and turned and it began to magnify Mary as the mother of God, Queen, Queen Mary. As time went on, things switched. And uh, was Mary the mother of God? Yes, and that she birthed Jesus, Jesus is God. But if you see things like Mary's the mother of all living, and they actually have, there's some crazy stuff out there. Don't go looking for it. It's a waste of time. I'm just trying to give you a little bit to to help you and to bring clarity in this time when actually people really reverence Mary at the birth of Christ. And she should be honored, but not with the honor that is due the Lord. Mary, the perpetual virgin. Now, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, and how many of you have heard of the monastic movement? St. Anthony is the one that started the monastic movement. And honestly, if it wasn't for the monastic movement, you probably wouldn't have the Bible in your hand right now. But the monastic movement got really weird. And uh, Proverbs, uh, is it Proverbs 18 or Proverbs 11? 
I forget which one, go be a good Berean. The man who isolates himself rages against all wisdom. You get out, you should, listen, you're not supposed to serve God by yourself in your house. This is a very biblical thing that's taking place. So you get to know people and build relationships and be a part of a team and serve. Actually, if you don't do that, then your discipleship will be distorted. So, so the monastic movement got very strange and they, they took a vow of chastity and they said basically, look, to be, to be chaste and to be uh, a celibate is more holy than not being celibate. That you're more holy... Don't amen too loud. I'm about to, about to punch that thing. It's too bad. <laughs> Raise your hands to heaven all across this place. We have kids here, so he, amen. We will shoot high. There's two places in your sexuality as a human being. One, you're either celibate, or two, you're married, and then you're consummating marriage as a part of a healthy marriage, and that's all I'll say about that. There's no in-between so what they said was that to be celibate was more holy than being married. How many of you know? <laughs> Not true. Come on, all the people say, la, 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 Okay. If you, need, if you need marriage counseling, just call the church. 907-357-2065. We will help you. It's part of a healthy marriage. So they... They looked at that and they came up with this understanding that, that to live celibate is more holy than, than being married and certainly than fornication. And certain fornication is active outside of marriage and that's certainly not right. So what they did was they invented this. So they, they, had to, they had to, looking at Mary, you're going to worship Mary, then she had to be this perpetual virgin, meaning that not only was she a virgin when she brought forth Jesus, but that she was a virgin perpetually. Well, that, there's a problem with that because uh, of a lot of things. In Matthew, come on, turn there, turn to Matthew. Settle down in the front row. Matthew 1. <laughs> so, Matthew telling the story of the birth of Jesus in chapter 1. And, and we read it in Luke 2, but Mary's betrothed to Joseph. And she's with child. So that, that is, to be betrothed and to be with child, just that they don't go together. To be betrothed is to be married, to be, to be promised to be married. It's, it's like being married, but the actual consummation of it all has not taken place yet, and yet she's with a child. By the way, this doesn't happen anymore. It only happened once, and all the parents said, Amen. And so Joseph is going to put her away, but he decides not to because he has his dream. Look at verse 24. And Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Watch this now. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn. So, in other words, he knew her later. And you can go ahead and look in Mark chapter 6 to know biblically. Mark 6 and 3. See, there's no perpetual, she's not a perpetual virgin. It's something that was invented by man so that we would like highly esteem her and like bow down and worship her. That's not what we do. It's not a biblical thing. It's distorted. She's to be honored, but not worshiped. In Mark 6, isn't this the carpenter? You know, isn't this the carpenter's son? Is, is this Mary's son? And brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, aren't these his sisters here 
Okay, so uh, Jesus had brothers and sisters, which means Joseph knew her. Okay, so there we go. We've done away with the perpetual version thing. Let's look on to, look on to five. Mary and the Immaculate Conception. It's an idea also started by Augustine. Let me read this to you. In 1854, Catholic doctrine of the Immaculate Conception of the Virgin Mary, and I love the, I just cut and pasted this right out of the, right out of the Catholic website. This doctrine was formulated with absolute precision and for all time by Pope Pius IV. Give me a break. Absolute precision. The idea is that Mary was free from the original sin. That's the idea, that Mary never sinned. I'm gonna tell you something. You don't have to teach little babies to sin because it's in them. And then they grow up and start saying things like, mine, and they don't ever wanna share anything. How many of you ever noticed that? That's a sin nature in, I mean, you see it in children, you see it in Harry, you see, you, you see the sin nature. Everybody say you see the sin nature. Mary was not free from the original sin, but that is the, Mary and the immaculate conception is that she had no sin in her. She did not have sin passed on to her. That's simply not true. No, no. Then, then there's the bodily assumption, and then we're gonna get into this text a little bit more. Bodily assumption. This is invented in the 1950s that Mary was transported, transported body and soul to heaven by Jesus. If she never died, she just... Everybody say no. I don't know how you, but you know, I, I really don't know how. <laughs> it's just not in scripture. If it's not in scripture, then it's not. Period. All right. The truth about Mary is that she's not to be worshiped, but she is an example. Let me read this to you. Not to be worshiped. Luke eleven twenty seven. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you, birthed you, and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear my word and do it. What a rebuke. What a rebuke. What a correction to the worship of Mary. He's like, no. Wow. Another text of scripture says, hey, your mother and brothers are out there. It's like, so? Who are my mother and brother? Those who obey my word is what he says. Man, if Jesus was preaching somewhere, I'd walk across glass for a mile to get there. Greatest preacher. We are to honor her example. She's an example to all of us to how, to, how God's favor can be upon a person. How many of you want God? Listen, you might not raise your hand, but I'm just telling you, you want God's favor. Come on, someone say, I want your You want God's favor. Understanding favor. Understanding the favor of God. Favor in the Greek language is from the Greek word charis. Maybe you heard of charisma. It means gift. Charis is also a word that means grace. It's 155 times in the scriptures. Mostly it's translated grace. Grace. You've heard grace has been defined as unmerited favor. Favor that you can't earn. It's just given to you. Come on, someone say, I got the favor. Every act of God's blessing is unmerited. You didn't do anything to earn your salvation. All you had to do is believe. I think about the favor of God in my life. It's, a, it's, a, it's a mind-blowing. We, we didn't earn it. It is a mystery. God chose Mary. When you look at her response, it's amazing because she surrendered. God chose her. God picked her. Do you think if God chose Mary, do you think he still chooses people? Well, he absolutely does. John 15 says, I've chosen you and appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. Come on, someone say, I'm chosen by God. You know, when you really understand the word and you really understand who you are, it'll look like arrogance to people who don't know. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. 
when you understand that you've been chosen by God, that you've been hand-selected by him, that before the beginnings of the foundations of the world, he knew you, and he knit you together when you're in your mother's womb, and he hand-selected you, and then you had to say yes. Mary could have said no. And I know many people that say no. God chose you. God chose Mary. God chose me. Come on, raise your right hand to heaven and say, God, thank you for choosing me. I sometimes wonder how many times God chooses people and then and they don't say yes. God chose her and she surrendered. She obeyed. We've seen it, Pastor Kirsten and I, different ones, been in ministry, been in church a long time. You see it. You see people come in, they get touched by God, they cry at an altar or they pray, they receive Jesus and, and it's real seemingly. And then God continues to move them forward in their calling, move them forward in purpose and they get to a place where they start worshiping mammon. They start worshiping their job or they go, they follow a skirt or they follow, what would be the opposite of a skirt? They follow some pants. <laughs> And before you know it, they're not in church anymore. And before you know it, the favor, the favor that was on them is no longer on them. God chose Mary. God chose you. But you have your part. God, you have your responsibility in walking in favor, walking in the blessing of God. Wow. Favor is being used by God. That, listen, if you'd understand how incredible it is to be used by the Lord, you would understand that that's what this means. It means to be used by God. Oh, I want your favor. That means you're getting more work to do. I want your favor, God. Good. There's some more work for you to do. Five ways to live in God's favor. Here we go. Well, number one, come on, anybody, anybody alive here? Come on up in the up upstairs in the generation room. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph all across this place. Somebody say, I got God's favor. I got God's favor. Okay, realize you've been chosen through Christ. Ephesians 1 and 3 through 5 talks about that. Let's go ahead and can you put that on the screen for me? Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, we'll go to verse 3. Come on, realize that God has chosen you. He's chosen me. And uh, you know what's an interesting thing that's happening for me is I, I share all these stories from my childhood and my life, and uh, now actually my brother's given his life to Christ as of like April, and now all the stories I have from my childhood, you're in them, and then you get to hear the stories. Well, we used to go down into this park where we lived in the old field, Long Island, and it's all got houses all over it. I don't know if you've seen it since then, but we used to go down to this park and uh, Jay Van Splinter and different ones that were there. And I was one of the younger guys, you know, and we'd play kickball or... Remember when we used to soak those tennis balls in gasoline? Man, that was some... That... We don't want to give any ideas to anybody around here. Amen. Anyway, when it came time to pick teams, you know, you'd pick a captain. I was never a captain because I was one of the younger guys and they're all older than me. But you'd pick a captain, and then, you know, they'd be like, all right, I, I pick you. And then, you know, you'd wait. you just hope that you weren't the, you know, the, the last guy. Come on, somebody say, God's chosen me. Yeah, God, God's chosen me. He's chosen you. Look at this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Next verse. Just as he just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. I mean, if you'd understand how special you are. See, you don't feel chosen because you don't really believe God's word. You look at all your education or the lack thereof and all your failure and all your difficulties and all your failed marriages or all of your successes and all of your achievements. I don't know what you're looking at to define yourself, but you are not the sum total of your education. You are not the sum total of your successes or your failures. Your identity, who you really are, must come from Scripture. Because otherwise you'll have a false identity. There has been identity theft. I've been chosen by God. I mean, if I was to define my life by what I did or what I didn't do, I wouldn't leave my house. 
I've been redeemed. I've been washed. I've been cleansed. I've been chosen. God called me by name and he brought me out of darkness with a strong hand. He snatched me like a stick from the fire. I was broken and hurting. And I know so many others. I know thousands of other people who were totally broken and God redeemed them. God saved them. They didn't, they weren't in their right mind. And now look at them now. Saved, healed, on fire. Those bullets could have hit you. Oh, but God. Come on, somebody say, but God. Some of you raised in the hood. Come on, someone say, he chose me. Chose us in him before the foundations of the world. That we should be holy and without blame. Before him in love, verse 5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons. And when it says sons, it's sons and daughters. By Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Come on, you've been chosen. Push it down into your heart and begin to speak it. Begin to declare it. Begin to believe it. As a man believes in his heart, the Bible says so he is. You want to know what you believe? It's the way you behave. And if I'm irritating you right now, it's not me, it's you. Tap your neighbor and say, Woo, I'm chosen. Everyone who's anyone who's ever responded to the gospel, anyone who's ever said yes, has, has been chosen. All of God has chosen the whole world, but not everybody says yes. He died for the sins of the whole world, but not everybody says yes. Not everybody yields, not everybody surrenders. You know, Mary could have said no. You know, we get the crazy idea that what's going to happen is going to happen because God's God and he's just going to do it. God, I'm going to tell you something. That's not true. God chooses people. And, and if, he, if he couldn't find a Harry, he'd pick somebody else to be Harry. If Moses, well, Moses argued with God. And if you go and look at that text of Scripture about Moses at the burning bush, it says, I've heard the cries before their taskmasters I've heard their cries and I have come to deliver them. I have come to deliver them. I am going to deliver them. I've chosen you right now, Moses. I've chosen you. And Moses like, I don't speak so good. And if it had gone to the point where Moses like, Moses says, you know something, I'm not doing it. You get somebody else. And guess what? He'd gotten somebody else. Because he was going to deliver his people. He was going to set them free. The time clock of God's deliverance had gone off. 400 years were over and it's time to fulfill the prophetic word. I'm going to tell you, God's going to use you. You can say no and he will pick someone else. I remember a while back I was, you know, just enjoying the fact that he's pouring out his spirit upon us here at King's and, and just saying, Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for, for choosing us. Oh, thank you for choosing me. And I guess I must have getting a little bit too big for my britches or something because the Lord's like, well, actually, you weren't my first choice. I'm like, huh? So I picked a number of other people, but they wouldn't obey. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm gonna obey, God, so help me, God, I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna obey. God is looking for people to do the impossible through, but if you can't believe him, he'll raise somebody else up. Now, I don't like that, but it's true. And if Mary said no, then there would have been some other Mary. It would have been somebody else. We're part of God's plan. He brings us to the kingdom for such a time as this, but if you refuse to walk in it, you refuse to surrender, you ain't getting jacked. You can slick your hair back as much as you want and spray on as much cologne as you got. You refuse to walk and exercise your gifts. You refuse to follow the plan of God. You get nada, which is Spanish for nothing. Or zero, I don't know which was it. Nothing? Nada. Everybody say nada. All right, look at, look at, uh, look at your notes. Realize you've been chosen by God, number one. How to walk, how to live, five ways to live in God's favor. One, realize you've been chosen. Someone say it. Realize I've been chosen. Number two, realize you're a part of God's plan. Number three, recognize your need for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Where do you get that from? Well, that's verse 35. 
Where are we, Luke? Luke. <clears throat> Luke 2. Is it Luke 2, Luke 1? What did I say? Is it Luke 1? Help me, Jesus. This is why I should underline stuff and put little markers in your Bible when you're preaching for all of you preachers out there. How can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Whoa. This is not some creepy pagan thought where the gods mate with humans. This is referring to Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to go to Genesis 1, to hover over, right at the beginning of time, Genesis chapter 1. This is a work of creation that's taking place. Please follow me now. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was Without form and void, dark to us all on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That is exactly the picture of creation. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Hover over is actually the word there. That the Holy Spirit will come and overshadow you or hover over you. And a creative miracle, not unlike Genesis 1, will take place where the Messiah will be placed in you. And yes, you've not been with a man. A creative miracle will be placed inside of your womb. It is a sign and a wonder and a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Come on, somebody say, whoa. whoa. The power of the Holy Spirit can come upon you and do miracles. The power of the Holy Spirit can hover over a place. I'm gonna tell you that I used to say it this way and I don't think it's actually true, but maybe, maybe it's equal to. I've had more happen to me in altars with people who had anointed hands praying for me. The power of impartation, the power of visitation, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon me in altars. And I've ever had just sitting in a pew. I used to say that, but the truth is I've had encounters in the pew, up front, in my bed, in dreams, in visions, driving my car. I've had so many things happen to me now. I'm telling you the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and change you. You need to be changed. You need a creative miracle in your thinking. Some of you are so tormented by the way that you think. And you need, a, you need the power of the Lord. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to overshadow you. Overshadow your business. Overshadow your babies. Overshadow your family. Overshadow your marriage. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't ever forget that miracles are released by God as a gift favor. The favor of God is a release of miracles and the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm, I'm going to live to be 120. I'm going to preach, prophesy, go all the way. Just, I'm, a, I'm not going to leave anything undone, so help me, God. But at the same time, I'm 54. And I know that's not old, but it is older than I used to be. And I think back when I first met Pastor Karen, man, I had a full head of hair almost but I could slick it back. And I was lean and ripped. I was like, hey, babe. And she's like, oh. You know, some of you are young and virile and just on fire. You know, you just, man, you're strong. You can go for it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't realize it as much as I do now. I needed the power of the Holy Spirit back then. Look at Pastor Karen's like, get her a washcloth. Somebody help Pastor Karen. She was remembering those days. I'm not the only one that's getting old. You remember those days too, amen. God, my heck, hallelujah. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying you need the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was younger, you know, I, I, I just, I could kind of 
feel like I could get it done a little bit more than as I've gotten older. I realize I was just as dependent and in need back then, but I thought I had something. Listen, hear me right now. I don't care what age you are. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you think by the arm of your flesh or your good looks or whatever you think you can get it done, you're mistaken. Favor. Living in the favor of God. Recognize your need for the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Are you ready? Let's write five ways to live in God's favor. One, realize you've been chosen through Christ. Everybody say it. Realize you've been chosen through Christ. Number two, realize you're a part of God's plan. And you can surrender to that or you can fight. Some of you are stubborn and stiff-necked, and I'm going to tell you, God will pick somebody else. Just like I wasn't his first pick for doing what we're doing. I don't know, I might have been like seven, seven, you know, seventh rung draft or something. I don't know. I'm just glad I'm in the game. Some, some, of you, some of you in the game, but God's been waiting for you so long. We better move on. Recognize we're part of God's plan too. Recognize your need for the Holy Spirit's working in your life. The Holy Spirit overshadows Mary and a creative miracle takes place. The Holy Spirit in your life can release miracles, can release strength, can release power, can release wisdom. The gifts of the Spirit can be in operation. Realize you need the gifts of the Spirit. You need God to strengthen you. You need God to anoint you. And when we're weak, his strength is made perfect. I don't really like that scripture, but I sure have seen it come to pass in my life. I don't like getting to the point of weakness, but I love what it does for me. A break before God and he shows up and does stuff. Number five, believe God for the impossible. Verse 37 says of Luke 1, find, find it if you would. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. I want you to say that. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Say it again. With God, nothing. All right, now go to Mark. Go to Mark in chapter 9. And verse 34. And I want you to notice something different here. Oh. Praise the Lord. It's in the book of Mark somewhere. The point is, that to them that believe. In Mark, it talks about believing God, then nothing's impossible. It puts some responsibility on you. I, I said it before, it's actually a phrase that Dr. Morocco said to me when he was here. He said, God is looking for someone to do the impossible through. He just has to find people, he has to find someone. Crazy in the natural. I wanna be that. I want to be that one. I, I think we are, as a body. Bless you. We are. We're crazy. What do you mean we're crazy? No, I'm just going to tell you, like, good business practice uh, would not start a building when you didn't have all the money. That's insane. I'm just telling you. All right, you guys, you got a blank look on your face. I'm going over here. That's a bad idea. You count the cost before you build. Yeah, we did. We did. And the Lord said, strike your hours to the ground. You be faithful to start. I'll be faithful to finish. And so by faith, we jumped. Little did we know, you know, we've been doing it for five years. We're on the home stretch. You wouldn't plan on building a building during a global pandemic which I think is pumped up and a little bit hyper. No offense. It's my personal opinion. And so with everything that's happening, I mean, the cost of materials and everything going through the roof, when COVID first hit, I thought to myself, oh God, oh Lord. Ha, 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 ha. Lord, what, 
are we all right, God? Did we miss you? It's good to check sometimes. And so I had this moment with God, and I said, God, is everything going to be all right? Is everything all right? I mean, I know we're all going to die and go to heaven. It's all going to work out. I know that. But, like, really, seriously, we got into this building. God, you, we felt like you spoke to us. You spoke to us, right? You, right? And the Lord said, son, you have nothing to worry about. Your building is perfectly on time. I mean, he spoke like lightning to me. Building is on time. You'll finish it. You'll move in. You'll have a great... Re- oh, he said, this is not the end. Pardon me. Because I was wondering, you know, anybody else wondering? When COVID first hit, you're like, oh, Jesus is coming back. Anybody besides me? He said, this is not the end. I thought, oh, good. He said, your building's on time. You'll finish it. You'll move in. You'll have a great revival. Thousands of people will come to the Lord, and then the end will come. I said, amen. Praise God. Come on, somebody say amen. God can do the impossible if he can find, well, he just does stuff anyway. But to think that Mary had no role, to think that Mary had no role or no responsibility in being the, the, the mother of Jesus is wrong. She had favor with God. She said, yeah, God chose her. She said, yes. She submitted and indeed she did her part. Believe God for the impossible, won't you? God is looking for people who would believe. Not a lackadaisical, half-hearted resting on the sovereignty of God that he's just going to come through because he's God and he loves me. He does do that. Yes, there are those moments. But then he looks for somebody. He look, Listen, history books are waiting to be written about a people who would believe him. I want to be that way. I want to do something for God. And as a result, God's favor comes on that one. Won't you be like that? I want to live in his favor. I want my kids to live in in the favor of God. I I can't choose that for them. They have to choose that now by their choices, by the way that they live, the actions that they take. My job's basically done with my children except for interceding. Daniel's still in my house. That's a little different. Hannah's graduating college. It's on you now. Your choices, your decision. No pressure. But God's with you. Come on, someone say, God's with me. You just keep choosing him. You keep putting him first. You keep seeking first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, he'll add all things. Believe for the impossible. Look at the last point. Humbly surrender. I, I mentioned this already. Verse 38. You know, you can buck against God. Or you can surrender to him. Some of you want the devil broken off of your life, but you missed the first and most important part. Well, and most important, but certainly an integral part of walking in victory against demonic forces. Are you listening? James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So some of you are like, resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah, no, you don't, don't forget the submit to God part. You, you forget that part. He ain't fleeing. Some of, you, some of you are not submitted to God. Some of you don't obey his word. Some of you don't don't live an open, transparent life. Some of you've got all kinds of dark secrets. The way that the devil operates is in through secrets, through darkness. And if you hide things, it'll it'll grow and become this horrible demonic tumor, if you will. And it'll destroy your life. You need to open your life up to somebody who you can trust. To the Lord first, and then you need to find a, a brother, confess your faults, your sins one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The Catholics took that, to pick on Catholics a little bit more, to use priests as the means for bringing healing and forgiveness. And the confessional's based on that. Confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, you may be forgiven, you may be healed. There's nothing can take the place. You don't need a priest, you are a priest, but nothing can take the place of honesty and integrity and trust. God's got an amazing plan for you. Amazing. Father, thank you for this young man. Humbly submit to God. That's what Mary did. She's like, oh, this is crazy. I don't know what Joseph is going to be mad. Joe is going to be hopping mad. And my parents, 
and the embarrassment. Nevertheless, may it be unto me as you've said, and I will be your maidservant. I will be your slave, basically, is what that says. You want to do something for God, I'm going to tell you, you might have your family laugh at you. You might have neighbors laugh at you. Bankers, bankers laughed at us. Ain't laughing now. Call us back up and say, well, you know, on second thought, maybe you guys want to do some banking with us. <laughs> no. Maybe. What's the interest rate? <laughs> Come on, God is able to use you you can live, lift your hands to heaven. You can live in the favor of God. Or you can have a messed up, jacked up, cursed life. You pick. What do you want? Which one do you want? Listen, when I got a hold of this, I thought that God would just take me, snatch me up, and just bring me to the blessings of God. No, I realized I have to, I have to pray, stand up. I have to, he trains my hands for war. At times I have to lay hold of the horns of the altar and pray through and fight, submitting to God, resisting the devil, and then he flees. And sometimes he doesn't flee in the first five minutes. Sometimes he doesn't flee in a week. You gotta fight. You're gonna do something for God and you're gonna walk in the favor of God. Get rid of the idea that it's some easy thing. You just show up, oh, he loves me. I love when it's like that, but many times you have to submit and, and take, take dirty lickings. What was it like for Mary? Again, this doesn't happen anymore. It only happened once. What was it like for Mary to come home? And there she was. I can do this now. I've been eating a lot of cookies. There she was. Hey, Mom. Hi, Dan. What are you laughing at? You can do it better than me. You want oh, me to take the keys? <laughs> Lift your hands to the Lord. first step to receiving God's favor is to be born again. And if you haven't done that, well, this is your service. And you're not promised another one. None of us are promised tomorrow. You think you can just go home and get back, back to whatever you were doing. But the truth is, no man knows the hour. No man knows the time of his return. And additionally, you don't know the course of your life or what will take place. You're only given today. It's a wonderful gift. And if you're not right with God, don't you leave this place. Don't turn off the broadcast. Don't turn off 16, 10 a.m. upstairs in the care service. Get right with God. Get right with Him. That's their first start to receive favors, to receive Jesus Christ. Grace. Charis, the Greek word, means grace, favor. Grace. Unmerited favor. He wants to save you, wants to forgive you, wants to cleanse your sins, but you have to believe. That's the only thing that you have to do and receive him. Repent of your sin. All across this place, you say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. I'm so glad. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? You've never done that before? You say, well, I can't remember. if I." Well, if you can't remember when you gave your heart to Jesus, you probably didn't. So do it tonight. Or if you did give your heart to him, and you know you're not walking with him, well, recommit your life to the Lord. Start over. Start fresh tonight. Start, start tonight. It's the first day of the rest of your life. All across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, online, upstairs, 1610, here in the sanctuary. You say, that's me. On the count of three, if that's you, you slip your hand up. Minister David, you help me and the team upstairs. 
You say, that's me. You want to get right with God first time or recommitment or, or thirdly, you just want to be sure. The devil lies to you and you're not sure you're going to go to heaven. You fit in any of those categories on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My goodness. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here on this right side. God bless you. God bless you. God praise God. God bless you over on the other side here right now. God bless you. Raise your hand high so I can see it. You want to be included in this prayer all the way in the back. Thank you, son. God bless you right there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Right on. Way to go. It's the greatest decision of your life. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Now, if you're serious, you meant business with God upstairs here in the main sanctuary. Just a few more moments and our service will be concluded. And we do have some teams that'll pray and prophesy over you and they're getting ready now. They'll come up front at the end of the service and if you want additional prayer, you need a word from the Lord, they'll give that to you. If you raised your hand, you meant business with God. We never want to embarrass you. That's not why we're here. We're here to support you. We're here to equip you. We're here to charge you to fulfill the plan of God that you would live in the favor of God. If you raised your hand or you didn't, you know you need to be included in this prayer. As soon as Minister Micah sings, I want you to step out from where you are, up front, go to the front, right here. Come all the way up front, meet me right here. Lord, come on, come right now. You raised your hand, you're serious. People are coming with you, others are coming with you. Come all the way up, get as close to my hand as you can. not because of any other reason than the words of Jesus. And Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you. There is something about coming to the front and receiving Jesus together at a church like this. And it can be outside, of course, but there's something about saying, yep, I'm taking the stand. I am going to live for Jesus. There is something about that. I don't believe in sissified altar calls. Hello. It takes guts to come up front. I'm going to sing it one more time because there's a few more people that are coming right now. Go ahead. And if that's you, get out from where you are. Come on. Come on. There's room. Come on. We're glad you're here. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my I want you to activate the evangelist on the inside of you. Turn to the person on the right and the left. You ask them, are you right with God? And if they say no, say, come on, I'll go with you. And then bring them up. Ready? Set. Go. upstairs, those up front, and if you weren't able to get out of your seat, that's all right. I did my best to encourage you. You pray with sincerity of heart. Right out loud, repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Heal me. Forgive me now. And just as Jesus rose again on the third day, raise my life up now. A new life. Brand new. Forgiven. Washed. Cleansed. Every curse is broken. Every chain and every bondage is shattered. Thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for these. I pray, fill and touch, heal and bless, cleanse. Baptize these afresh with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.